Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. with LeBron James and what he is doing on a basketball court. He's here at the Ethos Lakers podcast. Man, we just can't get enough. JC, predictor of everything Lakers, co-host extraordinaire, LeBron man, as I know you to be even before his Lakers days. JC, I thought when he broke the scoring record, it was just beyond words at that point. I thought when he came back for a 21st season and we knew he was going to be way better in the field, I thought it was beyond words at this point. But what this man is doing Literally putting this franchise on his back in his 21st campaign. LeBron James is the Lakers right now. JC, Anthony Davis goes 27 and 10. Nobody can talk about anything but LeBron James. It's LeBron James and then everybody else. This is so impressive. I don't know what else to say except we got to kick off our show to discuss a lot today. And the center point is one. King James hit me with it. Yeah. When, when he first got to the Lakers, uh, like it, for me, when he beat the Warriors in 2016 was the moment to me, he became, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time and my personal favorite of all time. And from that point on, all I really wanted for him the rest of his career was maybe another championship, but I for sure wanted uh, Kareem's scoring title. And in 2016, wasn't 100% sure if it would happen because like we would start to do the math on expected drop off of age and okay, he's going to maybe start to, he's going to start to score around 20, 21 points a game. It'll take him X amount of years. And maybe if he plays until 2024, he can do it if scoring, but like he's still out here dropping 35 points a game. And um, to me, I think he broke Kareem's record faster than expected. And yeah, just everything he's doing is just, it's like at the beginning of the season, I was beginning to remember, you know, how old he is. But then the last couple of games, now I'm beginning to kind of take for granted again, like how great he's been and what he's been doing. And, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's been outstanding. I just, I, I can't overstate to me what defines greatness, JC, in terms of all time great, because I, I have this conversation so frequently and everybody has different criteria in which they, you know, sort of define their own outcomes. Right. And so it's so difficult to literally compare players who played across eras, like, like comparing Bill Russell to, to anyone modern, for instance, right. Even, even guys like, you know, from, from Michael Jordan's era, where there's so much more hand checking, there's way more twos games are 85, 77. Like it's just totally different style of basketball. So, you know, and, and all of that to say that 
LeBron has now lived through literally two decades of stylistic changes in the NBA. And not only has he been able to keep his production high, but, you know, he's also been able to adjust, adapt and continue to evolve his own game and the teams around him, you know, largely for the better in terms of what he brings to the table. Now, I remember JC several years ago when, when LeBron and, and AD were, you know, there was some talk about, you know, who's, who's the face of the franchise, right? Lakers coming off of, of a championship, right? Is this now Anthony Davis's team? And, you know, we, we ran a poll on our Twitter and we said, who's, who's the Lakers best player. And this was several years ago. And I believe we still even might have it pinned to the top of our Twitter feed. And by about a two-thirds margin almost, it, it was identified to be Anthony Davis, not LeBron James. Now, in the year 2023, I, I, I don't know how anyone doesn't answer that question as LeBron James. The Lakers don't have a win this season without LeBron James, basically, in my opinion. And for me, it's one of those, again, how long have you been great? You could maybe rule out his rookie season by all-time greatness standards, but from basically his second season forward, JC, this man has been at or near the top of the NBA for two decades, all while in the process, he's you know won multiple championships and lost multiple championships, established all sorts of records, you know, won Olympic medals. I mean, preseason, postseason, in-season tournaments now, and. He just continues to defy the idea of what should be possible for a human being. You want to talk about dedication. You want to talk about investment. You want to talk about work ethic. All of these things that you know we hope to see from our favorite athletes. LeBron brings all of that to the table and then some. There is a reason that we are just so sort of stunned by his greatness is because he's normalized it, as we've talked about on the show and on top of that, he continues to produce for a team in, in the Lakers who it is hard for any Lakers fan, I think, who grew up, you know, in, in the Kobe, Kobe Shaq era, let's call it, to, or, or, or even in, in the Magic era, and to sit here and give LeBron that all-time nod or, or, or true greatness because, you know, you think about the Lakers greats who were drafted by the team, came up with the team, and, you know, went, went to all the way through with the purple and gold. And just like LeBron said, he remembers when people said that he came out here to make movies. And I've called him a martyr. And, you know, that's more or less what I expected him to be. But now that he's been here for so for such a period of time, he's he's a little bit more than that in terms of, you know, players in Lakers history. And it's just incredible to me that this guy in his 21st season, while his 19 year old son is on the sidelines watching him. He is enjoying a season right now, JC, where he's literally shooting a career high from the field and the second best mark from three that he's had in his 21 years of playing. And I know the season doesn't end today. Of course, it just got started. But if we were doing MVP voting, JC, I'd have to imagine he'd be smack dab in the middle of the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's probably a little too early for that narrative to start, but at some point, the the narratives do begin in the media, and uh, I mean, yeah, the Lakers kind of continue this trend. He's he's obviously got to be considered for MVP, and think the the Warriors have been, you know, dropping a few games since the Draymond suspension, and Curry's still playing out of his mind, but yeah, the Warriors are beginning to drop off, and now you're starting to see a little bit of separation in the standings. Um, 
you know, Sacramento will start to improve at some point. Houston has been playing ahead of schedule, but I, you know, I don't know if they can maintain this the entire season. So we'll start to see some separation here in a little bit. I think just what's so impressive to me about LeBron is not just the fact that he's producing at this ridiculous level, not just the fact that he's putting a team on his back, but it's this guy has, has nothing to prove to really anyone at this point, right? Like, you think about where he draws motivation from, the amount of intrinsic motivation LeBron has to simply be his best self, it's it's incredible. Like, the Lakers played the other night at 7 o'clock, 7.30 in the evening. He's at Staples Center, and again, I'm never going to call it the stupid-ass crypto, okay? <laughs> at Staples Center at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, by himself, shooting with, you know, a ball boy grabbing his rebounds, like, who does that? You know, those are the that's the same type of insanity quality that that Kobe's, you know, biggest fans, they including myself, like list at or near the top of what they loved so much about Kobe is that it's this intense and ridiculously bright desire to play and compete at the highest level. Now, Kobe was really more psychotic. And I say that with so much love and respect, right? I mean, who, who listens to the Halloween theme song before the game? Like, come on, dude, <laughs> you know, like LeBron ain't doing that. Okay. But, but by the same token, the, the amount of work I think that LeBron has put in to, to become this player, like I, I honestly don't know how anyone looks at LeBron James, the totality of his career, the body of work and who he is on and off the court and says, God, I can't, I can't even respect that. Or, you know, I, I don't like that. That's bad for basketball. And there are people like that. So I just, everybody, I know everybody's like, everybody has an opinion, right? Opinions are like assholes. We all got them. Great. Right. But at the same time, like if you are really cheating yourself out of the LeBron James experience, JC, I would feel so sorry for those people because I don't know that I personally am ever going to witness greatness like this in a, in a, in a 20 plus year stretch in the NBA ever again from a single player. Yeah, it's, it's really remarkable. And, you know, one of the things is kind of the differences and kind of why I like LeBron is because he does show some of his personality last, there was a moment last night, I think it was before Austin Reeves hit the huge three that he, he hit. Uh, LeBron hit a three before that, and he hit the three and started walking down the court. But then the camera cut away, and then it eventually cut back to him. And that second time that it cut back to him, he was just kind of nodding his head and looking at the crowd. I was just like, yeah, I am this good. Yes, yes. He was getting fired up. He was shimmying his shoulders a little bit. He was kind of rocking it back and forth a little bit. I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, I did think you were going to reference a different moment or two, actually two different moments where LeBron decided to, you know, all this talk about Snoop Dogg not smoking weed anymore. Well, it turns out that was just a marketing, marketing joint, as we all knew it was going to be. LeBron on the court getting a little toasty out there with his teammates. So, you know, I mean, I really think that LeBron has, you know, I really think he's embraced the Lakers and Los Angeles as, as home, right? Because yeah. His kid goes to school here, and I don't just mean, you know, grade school, which they do, but I mean also, like, to college. He's got roots out here now, right? Like, his kids grew up here. He partially grew up here, right? Like, on the other side of 30 into more of an adult man, father figure, all those things. So, 
the ties run deep at this point, you know, and it's really, it really is incredible to, to see what he's been able to do and, you know, to sit here and, and talk about, I mean, I remember last year, you know, at one point we're talking about, depending on how the Lakers season transpired, this being a failure and LeBron's era of Lakers basketball being a complete failure. Now mm-hmm. we're, we're not having that conversation at all, right? It has radically shifted in the other direction. And yes, the Lakers are only eight and six as we bring it back to the focus of the team, right? Lakers are only eight and six, you know, and, and you know, records, I really say, you know, first 20 games, it's, it's hard to take a lot from, but there are certain trends and patterns, right? Like I'm less interested in the results and more interested in the trends and patterns because the Lakers could be 10 and four. That's the reality. There's at least two games. We sit here and say the Lakers should have won that game. They just did some stupid shit. The problem is the stupid shit that they continue to do time and time again. And for me, two of those things that come to bat is the same two that I sat here and talked about last time. It's the slow starts in the first quarter and it's rebounding the basketball. OK, mm-hmm. now it, it's it's when we'll get into that. But to your point, JC, something I wanted to to reconnect to when we last spoke, you sat here and said, hey, the Lakers got to shake it up. And I think it's Austin Reeves who needs to come off the bench. And we told the Lakers, we said, play this podcast at practice. <laughs> we talked to them about pomegranate and we said, bring Reeves off the bench. JC, I think you had a feeling because Darvin Ham heard you. And that's exactly what happened. So give us your breakdown. Since Austin Reeves has hit the bench, you like what you see? Yeah, and he's he's the kind of person that will will I mean you know, he's an undrafted free agent, so he'll he'll thrive in whatever role you give him, despite the fact that he was Captain America this summer. Uh, he's he's the sort of kid that'll just be like, all right, whatever the team needs, I'll do. And yeah, coming off the bench seems to be a good spot for him. He's he's not going to be as reliant on defense in that second role. Uh, LeBron's still going to get some minutes with him, and it's important, despite. Austin coming off the bench, he needs minutes with LeBron. Like I, I I've, I've found st- uh, sites before that kind of tabulate, you know, when the two of them play together, but when the two of them play together, it's, they play really well together. Uh, so yeah, Austin Reeves coming off the bench, I knew was going to improve the team and it sort of, you know, it sort of flip-flopped him and Cam Reddish. It sort of helped both of their confidences. Cam Reddish is now starting, so he's more confident and, when him and Jared Vanderbilt come back, the way Cam Reddish has been playing defense, like I can't wait to see him and Jared Vanderbilt play defense together. Ooh, yes, that is a great point. I can't wait. First of all, I can't wait for Jared Vanderbilt to come back because Lakers desperately need this kind of player. Secondly, yeah. in Jared Vanderbilt coming back, I have a question for you, JC. Someone's going to get squeezed out. I think that someone might be in the Lakers starting lineup right now. And I think that someone might be Torian Prince because he can't shoot the basketball to save his damn life right now. And if that's going to be the case, his minutes aren't going to be there for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, he's not shooting the ball great. And, and to one of your other points about the, the lack of rebounding, I've, um, you know, went back and looked at some of the tape on some of the offensive rebounds they've given up. And, you know, a lot of it is kind of a team fail in general. A lot of it, Anthony Davis kind of puts himself out of position sometimes, but a lot of it is also on Torian Prince not doing the boxing out. And so, you know, if they can curb that, then, then yeah, I think Jared Vanderbilt, if he can hit that corner three the way he's doing in the one preseason game he played, and that's all really he needs to do, then, then yeah. I mean, Torian Prince, they're kind of asking more of him than they would ask of Jared Vanderbilt, but, I mean, he's not delivering on what they're asking of him anyways. I want to also apologize to Mr. Cam Reddish. 
I sat here for many weeks and said Max Christie should be playing over you. And while I still think Max Christie should get minutes and he's not going to really learn any sort of practical application from the bench, the results haven't been there. The shots, the decisions, for the most part, been really good when Max Christie's on the floor. Not something mm-hmm. I have a lot of lot of issues with. He's not taking these you know Jordan Poole style shots to say the least. Okay. Yeah. Jesus, by the way, in DC, I know that the Wizards are trying to rebuild, but oh my God, this yeah, is Jordan. Jordan pulls a disaster. This is like next level, JC. Like, like people are gonna look at basketball history and they're gonna go, "How in the world was Jordan Poole traded for Chris Paul? How did yeah. that happen?" Like, I mean, really think about that in a vacuum. That's that's how little the Wizards thought of Chris Paul. Am I am I crazy? I know they didn't have a ton of leverage in that situation. I'm sure he would have pursued a buyout, right? But at the same time, like, you took Jordan Poole's bill and said, we can do something with this. What, even if a team wanted Jordan Poole right now, what are you giving up for him? Well, yeah, that, there? well, that and, like, who's going to pay him? <laughs> That's what I'm who's saying. Who's going to pay like, him at this like, point? Like, so, so you got to find a team that has a ridiculous amount of cap space or has some sort of giant trade exception that they'd be able to possibly fit him into, right? And you'd be able, and maybe, and maybe you got to send, you, like you have to send a first round pick just to convince someone to do that. Yeah, like that's how like, bad. It's not, it's not the biggest contract in the league, but it, it's turned into the worst contract in the league. I, I, I mean, and no, listen, no contract is untradeable. Okay, like, no, like zero contracts are untradeable. But Jordan Poole making five million dollars more a year than Jalen Brunson. Uh, what? You you know what I mean? Like things that make you go, oh, that's interesting. That's the other thing about how you know with the CBA and how aggressive the rises in salary cap are going to be over and, and and you know like I think it's like a ten percent raise or something crazy like that over a period of a, a fixed few years. And so contracts like you know Vando's at four and forty eight million are going to look a lot smaller when 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 guys like that who hit free agency are going to be saying, hey, I'm looking at like four and seventy five, you know, because it's just that's what that's what's there. Like, like Kelly Oubre is, is an interesting candidate, you know, hopefully like if he gets back on the floor for the Sixers, everything winds up being all right for him. Right. Like he's an interesting guy. Cause he kind of got squeezed by free agency this year, but if he gets back out there when teams have more money to spend, you tell me, I mean, if Evan Fournier could have once upon a time, get $20 million a year, Kelly Oubre can get $20 million a year. Can he? Yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the, the crazy thing for me. But again, back to the Lakers, I think Torian Prince does get squeezed. Um, I think as soon as Vanderbilt is cleared to play in a game, the Lakers are going to play him as much as they can. I'm sure he'll be on a progression of minutes as well, given how long he's been out. But that is someone the Lakers miss sorely. And other than that, JC, I think what's been, you know, more uh, a notable item for me throughout these uh, last handful of games, besides the Lakers, you know, just finding some level of success. They're still kind of a middle of the pack team statistically in terms of, you know, who they are and identity and all that kind of thing. Um, what I have been interested in is how the Darvin Ham, how the Darvin, how Darvin Ham has broken up the minutes amongst his bigs, specifically not so much Anthony Davis, but Rui Hachimura, Jackson Hayes, and Christian Wood. I feel like Rui needs to play more JC, but I'm curious on what your take is on, on sort of that narrative. And then we, we can go from there. I, I would agree with that, but Rui... Rui seems to really step up in the fourth quarter for some odd reason. Um, he's he's almost automatic in the fourth quarter and in a, in a way that he's not in the second and third quarter, and he doesn't play very much in the first quarter. So 
I mean, I I agree, but I mean, they may they may understand his tendency and his, you know, whatever whatever's going on in his head psychologically that makes him automatic in the fourth quarter and not in the second and third. But uh, yeah, I think you know with with Christian Wood, Christian Wood, his effort is there still. I like his effort, but his his decision making needs to be a little bit better because he he takes ill advised shots and that's not great. There's a reason Christian Wood, there's probably a lot of reasons, Christian Wood <laughs> has been on eight teams in eight years, right? I mean, this is this is not you don't you don't get players on minimum contracts because they're perfect players, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Lakers have done really well with vet men's. Part of that is having LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your team, but they've done very well with vet men's in part because Phil Handy is a hell of a player development coach, one of, if not the best in the league. And he's been really successful with those sort of pet projects. But the other thing for me is that, you know, it's 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 a little it's a little difficult to watch Lonnie Walker in Brooklyn right now and say, damn, Lakers could use a player like that too, you know? So Dennis in Toronto, he's he's having an amazing year in Toronto. Yeah, My God. You know, so 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 at so at a certain point, right, you you do need to invest in, in talent you've cultivated. Alex Caruso, you know, the list, the list is not a short one, but it's also a credit again to the Lakers be able to develop, attract, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Cam Reddish has found some success here. The Lakers did not win against the Rockets because of Cam Reddish. He was not exactly the most impactful I've seen from him, but his on-ball defense and the pressure is it, that is a real thing. It does cause him to gamble at times, like anyone who kind of hunts steals. But it is a real thing, and I, and I do like that about him. Going back to Rui for a second, over the last four games, his minutes are just – they're, they're kind of all over the place. 24 against Memphis, 18 Sacramento, 28 Portland, and then 32 against Houston. It feels very matchup dependent, and I don't think he knows what his role is because he's taking, you know, he's taking a, a 10 shots here, 5 shots here, 5 shots here, 10 shots here. Like, there doesn't seem to be a set level of, of confidence, like – like we saw from Rui as much last year. So hopefully that's something he can, you know, kind of play his way back into, to your point, not just in the fourth quarter, but across the game, because I think it would make him a lot more valuable to the Lakers. And, you know, if you're paying a guy 16... Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. $17, $18 million a year. That's, you know, I, I'm expecting Rui to be the sixth man off the bench, you know, or seventh man, I guess, now behind Reeves. But, you know, it's it's time for him to show up a little more. 
Jackson Hayes, I thought was interesting, only played five minutes in the most recent game versus Houston. Um, there are, there are, Jackson Hayes is everywhere on the court, JC. He's, he is not really in control of anything, but also that's kind of what makes him really an interesting guy sometimes is that he's so bouncy and just sort of everywhere on the court. I yeah. am not super impressed with what I've seen. Um, he, he fouls like it's his job. Like if he played 48 minutes, I think he'd have 55 fouls. Uh, but at the same time, to your point with Christian Wood, you know, not necessarily taking the best shots. I'm just curious to see how that dynamic unfolds, but they definitely can't continue. I don't, I don't know that they can continue to play these, the three giant lineup of AD Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood and, and deeming it successful. Yeah. With, with this team. And I mean, this is kind of something I've observed over the years of, of LeBron's career. I think that there are players that, for whatever reason, you know, LeBron being who he is, there are players who are maybe they're either inspired by him or just the way he plays. They're just their games mesh well together or they just lock in and focus more like a J.R. Smith. Like I, I had a feeling Cam Reddish would benefit from being a LeBron teammate and him elevating to the starting lineup, I think, helped his confidence. And same with Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves is not the same player that he is if he's an undrafted rookie for Detroit. Um, Christian Wood, I haven't really seen that connection with LeBron, but Christian Wood, I think, gets minutes because next to AD, he's played really well. But I haven't seen anything that really, anything about his game personally that benefits. Like I, like I haven't seen a lot of pick and rolls with LeBron and Christian Wood. Same with Jackson Hayes. Like Jackson Hayes, I don't think has really found a way to elevate his game by being around. LeBron, the way Austin becomes an amazing passer when he's around LeBron, or the way Cam Reddish is just a more confident player in general. Like, I don't see that from Jackson. And until he figures out a way to to mesh with LeBron better, his minutes probably might be cut. Yeah, I just, you know, it's 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 one of those situations that the Lakers have had in past years as well, where it's like man, you'd like to sort of combine parts of Jackson Hayes with parts of Christian Wood and say, okay, that guy, you know? But it doesn't quite work like that. And so I'm I'm just curious to see how that unfolds. Other than that, I mean, I feel like it's with Anthony Davis, he, he really, there was one game where he self-identified that he played like shit. He did. He was nowhere to be found. DeMontis Sabonis took him out for lunch, breakfast, dinner, then took his mom out, took his sister out, his cousins out, everybody in his family, and everybody was paying for Sabonis to eat. I mean, it was bad. And so I, I think that, you know, I, I'm glad that AD was able to self-identify and, and sort of cut people off who were going to create that story anyway. But at the same time, AD's got to be 25 and 10 every every night here. I mean, that's it's what the Lakers need in order to bring home the bacon. They, they need LeBron and AD to be playing at or near their peak for it to matter because short of that, there's just no way this Lakers team reaches its fullest potential. So Anthony Davis just has to keep bringing it. And I, and I want, I want to believe that, you know, we're going to continue to see it. I want to know that his effort defensively is not going to impact his effort offensively. It was really encouraging uh, the game versus Houston when the Lakers came out of halftime down by, I think it was six points and AD just kind of went to work in the post 
and, you know, basket after basket was calling for it. He seems, you know, more confident down there. He's playing less five. He seems happy about that. I'm glad that despite what Darvin Ham said in the preseason, we're not seeing Anthony Davis take six threes a game. But I, I just need to see more of that from him and more of, you know, that that sort of vocal Davis that I think Austin Reeves called him right fro Davis when he had the, the braids undone and he had his afro out. And that energy where he just kind of screams on the end one. The Lakers need that Anthony Davis all the time. Anthony Davis needs that Anthony Davis all the time. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, I, I saw him either – I can't remember if it was him or Darvin Ham kind of make a kind of sort of concerning quote. Like, he's he's talking about the, the hip contusion that he's got going on. And with LeBron playing the way he's been playing offensively, AD's kind of been shifting his focus to, to defense, which, you know, with the, given the Lakers' rebounding issues – if AD can continue to grab, you know, a dozen boards a game and limit the offensive rebounds, that'll help. But, yeah, he can't shift his focus completely 100% on defense. He's needed on offense as well. 100%. And the, the, and the other piece of the offense for me that needs to stop fluctuating like it's, you know, sort of a, a clock moving every second of the day is D'Angelo Russell. He's been on fire from behind the three-point line. But, but again, the whole game, the same energy – the whole game. The Lakers got these guys who are who are great in spurts or in quarters, but bring it for the whole game. That's the energy this Lakers team needs. Everybody on the same page at the same time. And I know you can say that about really any team, but the way this club is constructed, it is so essential because, as I said on the last time we sat here and did this together, JC, it's so hard for me to watch. Like it's 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 so hard for me to watch LeBron and not be concerned about a possible injury just somewhere in the back of my head. You know, it's just so much, so many miles, so much effort. He's not, you know, his, his drives to the rim are actually up this season. I mean, it's just, he's, he's doing so much. And my ultimate fear is for the, this Lakers team to only go so far and then to have to do it without LeBron for whatever, you know, rhyme, reason, or rationale. I know he has not been that player throughout his career, but, you know, as he has gotten older, he has been more susceptible to certain things. The calf thing, I'm so glad, is not an Achilles thing because that was a real brief flash for a second. But I, I just – that's my only real concern about how, you know, LeBron is playing right now. Short of that, I mean, we, we literally wrote the guy a, a love story to begin our episode today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I always worry about that, and he always – Tends to be okay, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, something I worry about too. <laughs> you know, is there an opportunity, or or do you think, okay, Zach Levine, all this conversation around Zach Levine, the Bulls, DeMar DeRozan potentially? Two prong question is A, do the Lakers get involved in any sort of trade discussions? And B, can they even realistically do it given how their team is constructed? No, because I, I think, I mean, if it were me, I would want any way to to get Alex Caruso back while, you know, the prize is ultimately Zach Levine. And, it, like, it would, like, if the Bulls are going to break it up, like, it would suck for, like, Zach Levine would be great, but then it would also suck to see, like, Alex Caruso go to Phoenix or something like that and then him be awesome for another team on the West. Um, as far as, like, packages that would, you know, we mentioned Torian Prince, but if he's not shooting very well, that only kind of lowers his value. D'Angelo Russell is 
still kind of remains the most tradable piece. And he was great in the first quarter last night, but you know, the last few games or in close fourth quarter games, he just, he doesn't get fourth quarter run. And so that I think makes him the most expendable piece. And so you look at a package of Torian Prince and D'Angelo Russell, 2029 first round pick, like what can that really get you? I mean, maybe it could get Alex Caruso back, but then, then there's the big piece of Zach Levine who could still end up going to a Western Conference team if that's the case. So, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, D'Angelo Russell's got to play better. I think if he plays better and if he's not as much of an issue in the third and fourth quarter, then that kind of solves the problem. And then the Lakers are in a position where you don't really need to make a big panic move and go for Zach Levine. Um, but it would be great to get Alex Caruso back. I'm I'm okay with the idea of Alex Caruso coming back. I, I don't know if I really want to start messing around with this Lakers team and the trade machine, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. But I got to say, this this idea that Zach Levine is some sort of, like, guy that really any team should should go after, I, I don't get it, man. He's very I, inconsistent. He'll have he'll have a night where he scores 30, and then he'll have a night where he scores 7. Like, he's he's a he's a me first player. He's not he's he is not has not been a leader for that Bulls team. I mean, you call a players only meeting after the first game of the season. Like, come on, okay? He has not been an effective leader. He has struggled to sort of share the spotlight with DeMar DeRozan. He scored 50 in a game this season that his team lost by double digits. Like, I don't see how a guy like that is supposed to fit any better with the Lakers than Russell Westbrook did. And on top of that, why are you going to tie your wagon, LeBron's wagon and Anthony Davis's star to Zach Levine? Cause you, and you wouldn't trade for Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal for how many years? Speaking of Bradley Beal, that back sounds like a bad situation. That's getting worse. Um, I just I don't see it with Zach Levine, and I'd, I'd be I'm very fine keeping this Lakers team exactly as it is unless there is some drastic change that needs to be made. Yeah, he's he's one that I was always like when he was drafted. I remember being confused because he it confused me because looking at his stats, he averaged nine points as a freshman for UCLA, and I wondered what you know what about him made him made him get drafted so high and. I read all the stuff about the prospect and his build and all that stuff, and it's like it's like the way the the Jets drafted Zach Levine out of nowhere because of his pocket presence and all that stuff. And it's like, no, I think you need more tangible proof that a player can play than than their build and that he can jump forty inches off the ground. The easiest thing to sell is upside. The hardest thing to actualize is upside. So yeah. that's that, I mean, whether we're talking about draft stock. Or trading cards, that's the reality of it. Before we get going, I have made a promise to myself and several others that I have established a new criteria for what I must bring to this lovely podcast that we do, JC. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I must continue with the fruit of the episode <laughs> segment. Whether that's the week, the day, the month, we're going to figure it out. Last time, I sat here and said this Lakers team and pomegranate seeds were really you know, sort of in... Uh, in close comparison with one another. Now I'm going to go with another type of small handheld fruit here, which is the seeded grape, seeded grape. You heard me, ladies and gentlemen. Now I'm going to give you a hot take, JC. I'm actually a fan of seeded grapes over seedless grapes. 
Okay. I know, hot, spicy, weird. I know, I know, trust me. Everybody I say that to, they're like, what in the hell is wrong with you, right? And I say, well, a lot, but nothing because of this. And the reality <laughs> is I just find them, you know, to be a little juicier, a little nicer, just a little bit more flavorful, you know, and just a little rare. And I like that in a grape. And this Laker team is reminding me of grapes with seeds right now. You bite into it expecting one thing, and if you're not ready for the seed, it's really going to ruin the experience for you. But if you're careful with it and you just sort of temper and shape it in the right way and you get that seed out of there, well, then it's firing on its fullest potential, and we got a team worth talking about. And that's sort of the disparity that we saw this week, whether it was the tremendous loss against the Kings or a tremendous victory against a young and up-and-coming Houston team. The Lakers, just like the rest of the rest, the rest of the teams in Western Conference don't really have a lot of time to, you know, fuck around and find out. So it's going to be time for the Lakers to hit the ground running when it comes to their ability to put the pedal to the metal and establish themselves as a true Western playoff, uh, Western Conference playoff contender. As of the time this episode, JC, is your first place Minnesota Timberwolves in the Western Conference. So there's a lot that I'm sure is still subject to change. But it's time for the Lakers to stop talking about it and start being about it because if they're 20 games deep and still floating around 500, there's not going to be any separation. So in the next six games or so, I need these Lakers to, you know, think about four and two more than three and three so we can really just continue to make sure that we're on a good path here. I'm I'm of the same thought as you as like the Lakers should focus on you know the regular season but since I'm looking at it I do have a question um so tomorrow is a winnable game against the Jazz and it's an in-season tournament game if the Lakers turn out to do really well in this tournament how much value do you place on this tournament and would you I guess be okay with the, with them basically playing I think I think it's two extra games that don't count towards the standings I, if they get that far. Uh, I think it's I think it's an 83rd game. I think it's only one extra. So just one game? Okay. I believe it's just one extra. Look, I, I, I'm not, you know, I've said I'm not really a fan of the tournament, but, you know, somebody phrased it to me recently that had me think about it a little differently. And what they kind of said was, you know, for the people who are going to watch basketball, it's not for you anyway. You're going to watch no matter what. It's for people who need a little, who might watch, you know, once a week and now they can watch twice a week or three times a week or whatever it may be. And so, you know, I, I, I understand the marketability of it, the sellability of it. I just personally think it's kind of gimmicky, but I get it. Do I think it would be worth an extra game? I mean, you know, I would say that I'm not a fan of doing more work for the same pay, but it's not the same pay. That's the thing. If they do make it to the final, everybody on the team, you know, even in a, in a losing situation, gets 200K. Everybody on the winning team gets half a million. So for some of those guys, you know, I think about the two-way guys or, you know, event minimum guys who's who knows when their next contract's going to be. It's, it's a lot of money. LeBron and AD can sit here and say it's a lot of money for them too, but let's be honest. Come on, man. You know? <laughs> so, like, I'm not against it. Um, I, I just think that there should be, you know – if you really want buy-in on the highest level, if if you have to play an extra game and you and you win the tournament, what does it guarantee for you? Tyrese Halliburton threw out an interesting idea when it first got started and said, hey, the winner of the tournament, they should be guaranteed a playoff spot. I don't know that I'm in, in agreement with that, but I think it's a really spicy variable. Yeah, that'd actually be – yeah, that'd be interesting. You know, it's something to think about as we sit here on the Ethos Lakers podcast and you're ready to – Enter in a new week of Lakers basketball, Thanksgiving. Before we get going, JC, let's find out. What are we grateful for, man? I'll start so I don't put you on the spot. Um, recently, I have decided to move 
out of administration uh, at, within education and move back into teaching. Uh, it's the thing that brought me into schools. It will be the thing that keeps me there for as long as I decide to keep doing it. So I'm very grateful to have that opportunity. Other than that, I am also grateful to spend another holiday week, uh, partially with vacation, partially with my family in, in good health for the most part and in good spirits. And, you know, just the opportunity to really carve out my life as I see fit, man. So I'm grateful for those things. How about you? Uh, well, this first part might not sound too grateful, but uh, I was recently, uh, unfortunately, laid off from my, my sports job. And it was on, on October 6th, so it's been almost six weeks now. Uh, and since then, I've, you know, I've got I've got good friends that have kind of, you know, you know, like, hey, so-and-so's hiring here. So-and-so's got three days of work here. So friends have been looking out for me. And, uh, you know, they I've got an opportunity to... Uh, my friend's fiance produces a podcast or he hosts a podcast and his producer is going to be out until March. And his fiance is like, Oh, you know, I know this guy that does his own podcast. And like, what I do is very basic and it's all stuff that I've like taught myself. And I've, I've seen someone do a YouTube channel podcast with like two shots and multiple switching and things like that. And like, I've seen someone do it and press the buttons. I've never done it. And I was very honest with this guy. And I told him that, and he was like, you know, hey, I need somebody until March, and it seems like you need, you know, a resume to build, and so we'll we'll help each other out, and you can learn on the job, and so yeah, I'm grateful for friends giving me opportunities to uh, do new things. I love that, man. I think that's super important, as is my ability to recognize when I'm on mute sometimes, and that's the beauty <laughs> of live production right there. I mean, you know, sometimes when one door closes, you know, it's it's a reason for others to open, man. And, you know, what I always talk to my students about or really anyone who will listen to me is the idea of shared connection, the idea of community, the idea of looking out for one another, man. There is no greater gesture than that someone can give to me besides paying my bills as an adult who lives by himself. If anyone wants to pay my bills as a gift, that is the greatest gift, okay? But short of that, when anyone provides a gesture that is just, hey, I was thinking about you and such and such, or hey, man, this really reminded me of you and uh, you should do, you know, X, Y, Z. Hey, man, that was a great thing you did today. Thanks for that. Anything that's an expression of um, not just gratitude, but really just looking out for the human being and investment on a core level, man, that stuff really resonates with me. And I'm deeply appreciative of people who come from you know, sort of the same terrain, same context and who operate that way. So, you know, the news, the news is not what we wanted, JC, but I feel like for you, that is just, it's going to be the next thing, you know, in a series of blessings to come, man. So may that happen for all of us, you know? Yeah. All right, then listen, guys, if we don't talk to you before the holiday, we wish you well, be safe with your families. Enjoy Thanksgiving. If it's your thing, if not enjoy whatever it is that you do this time of year, we will be back with you soon, whether it's together or solo, dolo, JC and Ethan, always on the Ethos Lakers podcast. We'll talk to you guys soon, but until then, we out.
Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.